Welcome back to Mainly Movies, the podcast where we mainly talk about movies. I am joined, as always, by my co-host DJ, and I'm Aaron. I forgot to say that. But DJ's <laughs> here too. What's up, DJ? Hey, man. Uh, it's time for us to wrap up 2018, I think. Well, almost. Yeah, okay, so I think we have to go over how we're doing this. So we, we do our quarterly reviews, and you can find those in our past podcasts. Uh, we've done Q1, Q2, and Q3. This episode is going to be our Q4 review, so just movies that came out October through December of 2018. We're going to do a separate episode that's like our 2018 awards, which is where we're going to talk about all of our favorite and least favorite movies of the whole year. So just to clarify, this is only Q4 of 2018. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's important that we split the year kind of into quarters because... As Aaron and I have been texting back and forth trying to figure out what each of our respective top 10 movies of 2018 are, a year is just such a long time for movies to come out. So it's nice to kind of acknowledge movies that probably won't break the top 10 year long, but, you know, are significant enough for us to mention. So be looking for those episodes coming up soon. But yeah, let's talk about Q4 2018. Yeah, so we... I think it's safe to say for both of us, we saw the most movies in Q4. I don't think I realized that until I was trying to painstakingly like put my top 10 of Q4 together. And I was like on my laptop and Grace came by and she was like, why are you stressed about this? Don't you guys do this all the time? But I've seen like 19 movies this quarter and I know you've seen even more. <laughs> yeah. So Q1, I had seen nine movies and had to fill in my 10th spot. With a movie I hadn't seen. <laughs> this quarter, I've seen 23 movies. Oh, man. That's crazy. Yeah. To, okay, so to be fair, five of those are Netflix movies. So do with that what you want. But yeah, still. I still count those. I mean, they're like big productions and stuff. It's just, I guess, I guess it makes sense because there's just a lot of content. I think Netflix adds to that. But I guess off the top of my head, I would have figured like summertime would be when the most movies come out or at least close to the same amount yeah but maybe it's just when like a lot of movies well not a lot maybe bigger movies come out if that makes sense because like bigger movies come out and usually some movies don't come out maybe like a week or two afterwards because they don't want to compete but it seems like in the holiday season everyone's coming out with everything all the time <laughs> so yeah it's very interesting Okay, well, we got to get into it at some point, DJ. I know we were both shifting around our lists literally right before we hit record on this podcast, so lots of confidence, kind of put on our best face and go through our top 10 of Q4 2018. Oh boy. I'm looking at my list now and I still feel like I can move things around. I don't, you can't do it anymore. It's over. It's locked in. Okay. It's locked in, for better okay. or worse. Um, yeah. Okay, you want to go first, or you want me to go? Uh, you go ahead and go. We'll see how this starts off, because we haven't talked about quite a few movies on this list. We haven't been able to devote full episodes to them, because uh, the beginning of the year was kind of getting away from us. So it'll be interesting to see how many movies are on here that we haven't discussed. 
Yeah, uh, so I'll start off. My number 10 is one that we have seen and talked about. It's Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, okay. So, obviously these bottom spots were really hard because there's a lot of movies you could have put here. Mm-hmm. I put Bohemian Rhapsody there because, one, it was a fun movie. Yeah. A lot of these movies, kind of towards the bottom, were like, that was an enjoyable experience. I think the thing that stands out about Bohemian Rhapsody was, one, all of the musical performances were definitely something I hadn't seen before. Rami Malek's performance was really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone just likes Queen songs, too. Uh <laughs> And I think this is kind of tinted by the Golden Globes just happen, and yeah. So I do have issues with that, and I don't know if we've actually discussed that on this podcast yet. Um, no, I don't think we had. I think we texted back and forth about it. Yeah. So, which... so Bohemian Rhapsody won for Best Actor for Rami Malek's performance, which I think we said on our podcast was definitely deserving. Yeah. Um, but it also won for best drama film overall, which I was very surprised by. Yeah. And it's one of those, it was a little surprising, but I feel like we got this like visceral backlash about people being like, well, Bohemian Rhapsody was terrible. And I don't think that's true. Honestly, I, I, like you were saying, I think it was an enjoyable time. I think this is an odd win though. Like I, it was a fun time, but both you and I had issues with the movie and if anything, we thought Rami Malek was going to be the only sort of nomination that was going to come from this. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of wish we had got this episode out beforehand because I feel like we're kind of like speaking through this guise of being like, yeah, it's good. But we didn't expect for it to be Golden Globes good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we'll see what happens with the Oscars, too. But I kind of wanted to have it here. I mean, obviously, we did have issues. I think we talked in length about all of the factual errors that were in the movie which still bothers me Mm -hmm. um and that's like any movie i'm starting to realize that has the whole like based on a true story thing at the beginning like there's always going to be errors but this one was definitely noticeable um but still like an enjoyable movie i think it obviously appealed more to the masses of like oh i like queen i like this movie so Mm -hmm. That's my number 10. Cool. It's my number 9, so I, I'm right there with you. Oh, okay. You. Okay, cool. Sweet. So what's your number 10? My number 10 is Creed 2. Okay. Creed 2, it, it's like an enjoyable movie, but it's one of those... I don't know. I feel like I kind of put it as my 10 spot more of like a... Out of some sort of obligation to be like, yeah... It was enjoyable, and I like Michael B. Jordan, but, I mean, this movie hasn't really stuck with me. I don't think it was nearly as good as the first one, but, I mean, it's an interesting story. <sighs> yeah. I agree. It, it had positive element, and that's, I think, all of these movies, I have about three on my list and about five not on my list where I'm like, it was a good movie, but, and I immediately want to talk about the but. Like, here are all the things that mm-hmm. were not great about it. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely some things about Creed 2 where it's like, okay, that just wasn't as special as Creed 1. Yeah. At the same time, Creed 1 was really great, and the whole Creed story is really good. So, And we're probably going to be getting a Creed 3. So, Yeah, yeah. So I guess I'd just put it here to be like, yes, this is a solid sequel. It's yeah. not great, 
it's not going to blow you out of the water, but it's also not horrible. Um, but yeah, it's a good time. So I don't have a lot to say about Creed 2 anymore. It kind of faded as Q4 went on just because there are some pretty heavy hitters. Cool. Okay, and so your number nine was Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. My number nine is Green Book. Oh, boy. So <laughs> is this on your list anywhere? It's on my list. It's much higher. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Then I will save that one in our traditional style for when we mm-hmm. get to it on your list. Should I move on to my number eight? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Okay. My number eight is A Star is Born. Okay. Is this on your list? No. Okay. Interesting. <laughs> so I'm realizing at the bottom of my list, I basically have like the Golden Globes category <laughs> where I have A Star is Born, Green Book, and Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, so basically a section where you're saying, this was well made, but I didn't really love it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And A Star is Born is there almost purely based on the first hour of that movie. The first hour, mm. I still contend, was really good. Mm-hmm. The build-up all the way up until the concert and Shallow and the parts that everyone loves are in the first hour of that movie. Okay. Um, and I think those are the moments where Bradley Cooper is best, the directing is best, like everything everyone wants to think about with A Star is Born is in the first hour. After that, I think it definitely tails off, and that's my but about this movie, is like after the first hour or so, it kind of goes downhill, like both in the story of the movie and the quality of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think it's it's a good movie, and I know there's a lot of awards buzz around it, and it kind of disappointed at the Golden Globes, but I, I'm not like completely offended by A Star is Born being an awards-worthy movie. Okay, yeah, I was curious if, because, yeah, we both... I think you're about at the same place you were when we actually had the A Star is Born discussion. I was wondering if it being this high was like maybe those later parts had grown on you or they hadn't bothered you as much. No, I really just think it's the first part is really strong. Okay. Yeah. I, it still just doesn't work for me. But I Yeah, and <laughs> I I understand that too. Like I there are parts of this movie that I just want to pull out and like mm-hmm. award those the whole movie isn't very strong for me. Yeah, it just, it feels like the people who really, really love it like the parts that I don't like, which is what I'm struggling with. Like Lady Gaga and, I don't know, what what are the parts that other people like that you don't like? Like the those quasi-emotional moments at the end, uh, so when... Uh, uh, Bradley Cooper's brother or whatever is talking to her in the hallway how people would just really love that scene and about how it describes a relationship so perfectly and that was kind of all the places where the movie was faltering for me so it feels you know what I mean it's just like yeah that didn't really work for me but that's where it's getting the highest praise in some circles so that's the thing that's striking me is interesting yeah and I've seen like Sam Elliott has been nominated for some like supporting actor categories Mm-hmm. And I'm a little suspect of that. I mean, it was like, he was like emotional, I guess, a lot, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was just wondering if your opinion has changed, but it seems like that first part is still kind of the highlight for you. So it will be interesting to see 
how this does, uh, I feel like there are plenty of Gaga fans up in arms that seemed like A Star Is Born was kind of snubbed while Bohemian Rhapsody came through and, you know, did gangbusters at the Golden Globes. Yeah. So Um, that was your number eight. That was my number eight. Cool. I'll move on to my number eight. My number eight is Beautiful Boy. Okay, this is not in my top ten. I didn't think it would be. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm kind of surprised it made your top ten, too. Yeah, I feel like this movie kind of grew on me, just the more I thought about it and the more I kind of reflected on this quarter. Because there are quite a few movies that had tones of like substance abuse and just uh, depression and internal struggle. And I feel like this movie portrayed that in such a natural way. And I don't know, it just really struck a chord with me. I feel like it's a tough job to kind of make that interesting on screen, but I feel like they really nailed it. I feel like we had some great performances here. It was gut-riching at times. I thought just the storytelling was really great. So, uh, yeah, it, it grew on me more than I thought it would. I went in pretty skeptical, and coming out of it, I was like, oh, okay, but yeah, I feel like some of the, just the purity of it kind of grew on me as the year went on. That's good. I, I'm i glad it made your list, because I think for me, like, the quality of the film is definitely underrated. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of overlooked quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of that's just it's a difficult movie to recommend to someone. And, like, people don't really want to go see a movie like this. But Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I think there is a lot of redeeming elements to it, like you said. My only thing is, like, I don't want to experience it again. Like yeah it's definitely a tough movie to sit through and i don't know i guess i just tended more towards movies that i could feel a little bit more positive about Um, yeah that's true that's true i just if we're gonna have like storytelling elements about like drug use and addiction and all that this is what i would point to to be like the shining example of how it can be done well yeah yeah so yeah surprises me a little but yeah, yeah, I really liked it. It ended up being a net positive for me. Nice. Good deal. Okay, uh, you want to move up to your number seven? Sure. Uh, my number seven is a movie we have not discussed. Uh, I guess you can call it a movie. It's The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Okay, this is a little bit higher on my list. Okay, okay. We so can wait to discuss We that. will wait. I am excited to discuss, though. Um, let's see. My number seven is Venom. Uh, it's my number five, so I guess we okay, can talk about that's it that's close <laughs> enough, yeah. Venom was good. Yeah, I like Venom. I feel it was like good. It, it wasn't like... It feels like it wasn't a movie that was very well made at times, but it was also a lot of fun. It, yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and we've seen a lot of superhero movies mm-hmm. this year, and it's definitely not towards the top of that list. no. But I think we were very worried that Venom was, or I was worried that Venom was going to be terrible. Yeah, I was too. It had us worried. I mean, (laughs) production issues, Tom Hardy came out and said they cut away some of his favorite parts. It wasn't R. They rated it down to PG-13. This movie had a lot to go against it, so I'm glad glad with what we got. And it definitely has done successful enough that we're going to get a Venom 2. Yeah. Yeah, so good movie um comparatively pretty low based on my other superhero rankings in my quarterly 
rankings, but mm-hmm. I don't know if that's saying as much about Venom not being as good, but yeah, yeah, Venom, my number seven. And uh, like number five is fine. Like I feel like it's a middle of the list kind of movie. Yeah, it it really is kind of middle of the list. It's the one that just moved around all the time, just because it was far enough away ago that I'm just like, yeah, I remember liking it, but it's a little bit sloppy here and there. But I mean, it's a fun time. It's Venom. It does feel like I watched it about six months ago. <laughs> well, you've watched like twenty movies in that time span. From That's Venom exactly why. Now, so. That's exactly why. Yeah. Okay, so number seven for me, number five for you is Venom. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll go ahead and do my number six, I believe. Yeah. And my number six is, I don't think we discussed it, it's They Shall Not Grow Old. No, I think you mentioned you were going to go see it, but... Yeah, yeah and I may have told you some about it off offline, but mm-hmm. so they shall not grow old. I would not be surprised if listeners have not heard of this and have no idea what it is. This is a documentary about World War One that was put together by Peter Jackson, who directed Lord of the Rings. Uh, it was only in theaters for two days. It was a two day event, which is why I'm sure a lot of people did not see it. Um, but it was really cool. So. The cool thing about this movie is that they took all this old World War One footage and restored it, and in a lot of cases they colored it in. Mm-hmm. And so, so the movie's really cool because they they just show all of these clips and films that were filmed during World War One, like in the trenches, kind of telling the experience of the soldier. And on top of it, you have all these interviews of actual World War I soldiers that were recorded like in the 60s. So it's their actual accounts of being there. And you kind of realize like, first of all, this was a hundred years ago. This was a long time ago that this happened. Mm-hmm. But it's also a much more personal experience of it than I've ever had. Like it's much more personal than anything you'd find on the History Channel or if it sounds kind of like a snooze which I'm sure it does to a lot of people, they definitely liven it up. And I think bringing the color to it and the way that they went and edited the footage is just really cool to see. Like it's, it's hard to explain, but the best part of this movie was after the credits at the end of the movie, you get about 20 minutes of Peter Jackson comes on and explains exactly how they went and like found and modified this footage. Mm hmm. And that just kind of like the film nerd in me really loved that part. Because so I don't know, I'm probably going on too long about this, but there's anytime you see old footage, you know how it's kind of like sped up, like everyone looks like they're kind of like running around and like it doesn't seem like it's the right speed. Yeah. So that's because there's not enough frames, like the frame count is off. Okay. And so all this just is like they actually went and added frames and adjusted the speed to make it like what the actual speed would have been. Mm-hmm. And that change alone is something I've never seen in old footage like that. Okay. So, yeah, probably too much on They Shall Not Grow Old, but it was a really cool experience. I would encourage people to see it if there is a way to see it. Yeah, it looked like it was slowly expanding, so... It might be coming to a theater near you. You never know. Cool. So that's my number six. 
What's your number six? My number six is The Favorite. Okay, this is not on my list, actually. Oh, it's a little surprising. Yeah, it's it's definitely, it was fighting for one of the bottom spots, but it did not make mm-hmm. the final cut. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, this movie is weird. I don't feel like I'm really riding the wave of praise this movie seems to be getting. But it was just a really interesting, like, character study. I love, like, the three main actresses. I think they did a phenomenal job. This is an intriguing movie. I think there are just some weird things in it that aren't really there for a storytelling perspective. Like, just some of the way the frames were shot and whatnot, but... I think the performances and kind of just the smaller scale story are really what do it for me. I really want to see uh, Rachel Weisz, Emma Stone, and uh, I think Olivia Coleman. I want to see what uh, I want to. I hope they are recognized at the Oscars because I think they are legitimately great performances. Um, I wish the movie just it ends in a really weird place, and I I think if we just got something else, maybe it would be a bit higher for me. I understand the symbolism. I just think it, it's, again, a little bit strange just for the sake of being strange. Uh, but yeah, it is an enjoyable experience, but I'm not lauding it like it seems other critics are. But that's okay. We're still in our comma but category of yep. good movie, but I'm going to defend I feel it. Like I'm up, I feel like I feel that way up until like number two on my <laughs> list, to be honest. So I don't know what's going on this quarter. Yeah. And I like I completely agree with you on the performances. I think the performances were really great, and it's weird because like I was the one that kind of had to convince you to see this movie. Um, yep. <laughs> and like in the past, I think Yorgos Lanthimos's weirdness has kind of worked for me. This time, not so much, and I'm not sure why that is. Uh, but I think from the podcast episode we did about it, it was pretty clear you liked it a little more than me. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm okay so with yeah, that. I, and I'm, I'm glad that you uh, encouraged me to go see it because otherwise, I don't. I feel like it would have just kind of flown under my radar. Yeah, and saying that, I still feel like cautious. Like I don't know if this movie's for everyone. It. Oh no, it's definitely. Not. <laughs> it's definitely not. Okay, so that is your number six. Your number five was Venom. Mm-hmm. My number five is First Man. Oh, yeah. I figured this and, would make an appearance for you. Yeah, and I figured it would not be on your list. Oh, no. <laughs> DJ, I love a dang space movie. <laughs> yeah, I think that we really quantified that I feel more like a fan. Because I, I was prepared to say the same before this movie, but I think my issue was I'm more of a sci-fi <laughs> space movie fan. But this yeah. is very homegrown, so yeah, you can talk about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good way of putting it. I mean, this isn't this isn't interstellar, and this isn't no. any of the other <clears throat> space movies that have been coming out in recent years. It's really more personal and focused on the life of Neil Armstrong. I mean, I read like a giant book about Neil Armstrong before watching this movie, so that probably helps my opinion of it. Um, I also love Damien Chazelle as a director. Ryan Gosling's great, so I think I was like preconditioned to love this movie and Mm -hmm. i understand complaints that it's like kind of just meh like there's not a whole lot of substance to it for a lot of people i think i connected to it in certain ways 
Um, and I think the technical aspects of it are definitely really good. I I think, well, I'm not sure. I guess maybe not. I think you disagreed that some of the camera work you thought was a little bit cheap and all the shaky cam stuff you weren't a fan of. Yeah, I wasn't a fan, but it wasn't, it was deliberate. So I can't like fault him for that. He was definitely making the movie he wanted to make. Yeah, and I think the other thing is like, I, I definitely left a lot of movies off my list that were uh, some of the like biographic, like based on a true story kind of things. Mm-hmm. This one doesn't bother me because I really think they stuck very much to facts and like what was there while also inserting emotion in places where it should. Like, I just think it was treated very well. There's the one scene of him throwing the necklace into the crater that a lot of people had problems with, but that's like the only thing that kind of veers from what's in his actual biography. Mm -hmm. And I completely understand the choice that they made there. So I, I just think it was treated really well. I, I like all of the things that went into this movie. Uh, I do have a question for you. It looks like this movie wasn't represented very well at the Golden Globes. Do you foresee it doing better at the Oscars? And, I mean, is that like a, a wish that you have? Kind of where are you coming yeah, from? Yeah, I mean, I I don't care as much with this movie. I think it, like, when initial reviews came out and it didn't do as great at the box office, I, I kind of gave up any hope for this being a huge awards contender. Mm-hmm. Um it definitely should be nominated for sound and film editing kind of categories because I think those are the strongest parts of it. I don't think it'll be nominated for best picture or any of the big, big award categories. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay. It just seemed like the conversation was definitely around that before the movie came out. So I was wondering if you were, you know, hoping kind of for a resurgence or kind of just resigned to be like, yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, yeah. No, I I like it, and I don't I don't really care if it isn't as well regarded. Cool. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Cool. So that is my number five. Um, let's see. I'll do my number four. Okay. Number four. I have Aquaman. I have Aquaman as number four. Yeah. We, we matched up. up. <laughs> we lined up. Cool. Aquaman was fun, man. I wasn't expecting Aquaman to be on your list. I feel like you our conversation, you're a little list. hesitant about it, man. <laughs> okay, you're right. You're right about that. I was I was hesitant, but at the same time, I acknowledge it was a very fun movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, like we were saying, eh, it feels like we're treading old ground since we just talked about this, but it's a fun movie. I feel like it brings some fun, like, camera work and things to make it a little bit more engaging. But, I mean, they made Aquaman cool. If you go back and look at cartoons, that seems like it would be impossible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were talking like I was worried about Venom. I was very worried about Aquaman. <laughs> like DC does not have a great track record. They have one real hit with Wonder Woman in this current mm-hmm. universe. So there was not a whole lot of reasons to expect this Aquaman to be as good as it was. Yeah, yeah. So we don't have to belabor it, but I'm glad that we matched up with Aquaman up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, and it's a superhero, dude. That's our that's our uh, main category. Yeah, we're, it's we're our bread super- and butter. I mean, yeah. superheroes—they're cool. We've seen, I think, nine superhero movies this year. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm glad you're considering one movie a superhero movie in your nine. Well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that next episode. Yeah, that's the next episode. But yeah, this is up there. It's a fun movie. I think it's actually well made, which I can't say for a ton of other superhero movies. Yeah. Sweet. So Aquaman number four. Mm-hmm. Um, what's your number three? Uh, my number three is Green Book, which I believe is your number nine, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay, so we're kind of on opposite spectrums here, I feel like. Yeah, <laughs> you say that. Much. I mean, I liked Green Book. I'm a little surprised it's all the way up at number three for you. Um, I think my issue is I had to disassociate myself from kind of just the conversation going on right now. Because I really did enjoy Green Book. I think there were really great performances. It was an interesting story. I feel like now the narrative is being like, oh, well, Green Book wasn't good enough to net like three Golden Globes. And I do understand that perspective, but I feel like if I'm being honest with myself, if I hadn't have seen those Golden Globe like awards and stuff, I think it would be this high still. I mean, I just enjoyed the movie. It was kind of a feel-good movie and sort of a framework that you wouldn't expect a feel-good movie, but it was definitely well-made, so I think that's why it's up there for me. I kept feeling myself wanting to bring it lower because that just feels like what the narrative is right now, but I don't think that would have been very truthful to how I actually felt about it. Yeah, and I wonder if that's crept into my ranking of it, even though, like, I I don't know how I actually feel about all the controversy surrounding it right now. Um, and yeah, obviously, I listened to a news story. There are, like, three more controversies around Green Book right now. It's crazy. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely a an effort against it. So yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't really want to get into that very much. But it I don't did, either. It, so it did win Best comedy or musical at the golden globes which Mm -hmm. first of all is the wrong category (laughs) this is definitely a drama yeah and bohemian rhapsody isn't a drama it was a musical so that's a whole other thing but yeah um i think the fact that it is like winning big awards like that is drawing more attention to some of these issues so maybe that brought it down for me i mean i i think my only thing is like it it was a good feel-good movie. I don't know if it was much more than that for me. I think the performances yeah. were strong, but it's not... I don't know how much of it's going to stick with me, you know? I don't think it will. I think the greatest enemy of this movie is that it's kind of just simple in a way. Like, yeah. And that's why I was confused that it was getting like a war recognition, because I was like, yeah, I feel like it was well-made, good performances, but... Usually I feel like sometimes the movies that they're looking for make you want to think or experience things more. And this premise was kind of just more simple. Yeah, so I think like that's a, the greatest thing against it. It's like a soft smile of a movie. <laughs> that is perfect. <laughs> that That is perfect. That Yeah, yeah. It's that just, is a good way to talk about it. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, Green Book. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, but I, I have no problems with you having it in number three. I, it definitely has positive elements to it. And like Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali, really good performances. I'm glad Mahershala won for Best Supporting Actor at Golden Globes. Yeah, he he's a really I mean, great guy. He really is. And yeah, it's probably a little too high on my list. It's one of the ones that I kept moving around a lot. But I think I just didn't have a lot to say against it besides the fact that it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah understandable okay so that's your number three my number three is ballad of buster scruggs which was your 
number seven or something like yeah. that. Okay. Okay, so this is one we haven't discussed. So this might take a little while. Okay. Especially because this is, like, what, six parts? Yeah, it's like six or seven movies, really. Okay, so I don't want to spend, like, a ton of time on each, but I am curious what you think of each. <laughs> yeah, I know, because I, so I think that's my biggest pro for this movie, is I, I mean, we love doing these top ten lists. I think this is one of our favorite podcast formats that we do. They're mm-hmm. just so easy and fun, even when we are, like, tearing our hair out over where we should place things. But, it's all worth it. So, Ballad of Buster Scruggs is, like, an anthology of, like, seven short western stories Mm -hmm. and i just love that like when i got done with the movie i wanted to like rank which ones i liked best Mm, yeah i i get that and so i think that that element of like i just haven't seen something put out as a movie like that like normally i think this was originally supposed to be a limited tv series which makes a lot more sense (laughs) a little bit um yeah, but they instead of it, it is six. I'm saying seven. It is six uh, episodes. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you want to hit on each one real quick. Yeah, let's do just short vignettes because I feel like we can't really talk about it as a complete set. Yeah, I, yeah. I and I, want, I do want to know works. like what you actually thought about all of these. Um, so, but I will say first of all, I love the Coen Brothers. This is another thing where I was kind of prepared to like it going into it, mm-hmm. like a Coen Brothers western is just, like, sweet music to me. <laughs> um, so the first one is in The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. It's called The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. It's like this weird musical number thing. Uh, it's very Coen Brothers. Just, like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. What did you think of the first one? I kind of loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why. I just love the the cadence of tim blake nelson like i just it was just so much fun i liked following this character around i actually wish we had more of him yeah <laughs> but i yeah, think that's kind I of kinda, the point of it being i kind of thought and i kind of thought him like being the uh titular character would come back at some point in yeah the story and I really wanted him to <laughs> and so at the end he kind of like flies away as a ghost like singing his little song mm-hmm. and i kind of wanted him to just keep like flying through the sky and the other parts <laughs> just like still kind of singing along just a time together i thought mm-hmm. that would be fun but uh, yeah so it's simple i i don't i can't really read too much into it but i just i really like the beginning of the ballad of buster scruggs i think it was a fun way to like kick things off but i don't know if that energy necessarily like translates throughout because this feels like more ethereal in a way you got like a angel singing we don't get any like aspects of that later on and yeah, yeah. that's okay yeah it's a little more gritty Mm-hmm. Uh, so the next one is the James Franco one, uh, where he is like a robber and he keeps getting caught and he like almost gets hung and he gets away. What'd you think of this one? The pan shot? Pan shot, yeah. What is one of the hardest <laughs> I have laughed in a while. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. And I kind of loved it. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it ends on, like, a classic, like, unsatisfying note of James Franco, like, smiles at this girl in the crowd, and then he gets hung. Yeah, and I was kind of looking for more in that. Like, I went online, I was like, was I supposed to get anything from that? Apparently not. No. The (laughs) Coen brothers are just really cynical and 
they want to do stuff like that just to be like life is meaningless whatever Mm -hmm. um yeah but and a lot of these like you don't know how long it's gonna be like this one felt like it went really quick and it just kind of ends and you're like oh it's over yeah (laughs) it was kind of abrupt i was like oh okay that's what we're doing yeah um okay the next one is the liam neeson one where he's carrying around a quadriplegic uh and that guy played Dudley in the Harry Potter series. Yeah, that was bothering me because I was like, I recognize this face, but yeah, it was definitely in his current IMDb state, check. it's hard for me to figure yeah. out who he is. This one was probably my least favorite. Oh, yeah, same. It was weird. Yeah, and I just didn't really sad. care for it. Yeah, but I was like, why is Liam Neeson here? I don't know. I, I mean, he didn't really do a lot. He like, didn't. He just kind of grunted. Yeah, I mean, we pretty much immediately understand their relationship and things, but, I mean, Liam Neeson is... Yeah, I just don't know why he was needed for this role. Yeah. Yeah, this was my least favorite one. Um, Same. Next one, All Gold Canyon, is Tom Waits, is a gold prospector. I really liked this one. This might have been my favorite one, or second favorite. This is up there for me. I think this whole just vignette is beautifully shot like Mm -hmm. i love just the setting and everything and i mean you can definitely tell this is a guy who does this all the time and this is just his thing i don't know it was it was a fun slice of life i wanted more things kind of along this sort of style yeah yeah it really worked for me yeah and mr pocket he keeps yelling at mr pocket (laughs) i'm coming Mm -hmm. for you mr pocket yeah yeah it was fun it was good um, okay, so the next one is the one with, uh... Zoe Kazan? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this one's, like, quite a bit longer. Like, this was almost a full 30 minutes, I think. It felt longer. Yeah, but I really like this one also. Yeah, I think this might be my favorite one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this just one because there's just more to one grab onto. Yeah. Yeah, and they really build it up, and then they, like have the twist at the end that's just like sad like it's it's kind of everything that these are supposed to be Mm -hmm. it's like just when you're getting connected to the story they kind of twist it on you and yeah and you got the whole dog hole like that yeah yeah that shootout with that shootout was so intense and it was and it just came out of nowhere (laughs) yeah oh Uh, good stuff and then the last one is really strange and i'm still not sure i quite understand it it's kind of more of like a, like an allegorical take of just these people riding in a stagecoach talking mm-hmm. about strange things with the two bounty hunters. I don't know how I felt about this one. Yeah, I didn't really care for this one as much. I feel like there was an, like... It was like an unsatisfying end to all of it, which is just what we should have expected. Yeah, and it felt like there was more, like, metaphorical stuff going on, but it didn't really feel like there was a lot to grasp at. Like, I felt like the dialogue is very quippy, and I kind of just, like, I don't know, westerns are cool. I like the cadence that everyone speaks in. It's just a a fun atmosphere to surround yourself with. Yeah. But, yeah, this one didn't really land for me. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we felt pretty similar about the different uh, pieces of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I really like Ballad of Buster Scruggs. This is my type of movie. I like westerns. I like the Coen brothers. Um, my one thing is like, 
and I don't know if it would have even worked. Like, it was just on Netflix, and I don't know if, like, seeing it in a theater would have made it a better experience. I am still a little, like, cautious with the whole straight-to-Netflix thing, because I think for some movies it's going to take away from what would have been a really cool theater experience. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if... This one's a tough one for me. And I I really enjoyed it overall. I think I would have put it a little higher if there was... I don't know. I think the only thing that I could hold against it is that I wish there was a little bit more, like, connective tissue as it kind of went along. But, I mean, that's the whole point of the anthology series. So Mm -hmm. it was just hard for me to judge it as a whole when each part was very different from one another. Yeah. But still a good time. I'm glad you encouraged me to see it because as we were getting towards... Uh, the time where it was going to be impractical to do like a top Q24 or yeah, top 10 of 2018 Q4. Like we didn't want to release this in February or anything. Yeah. This was yeah. starting to slide into my being like, eh, maybe I won't have to see this, but I'm really glad I did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you got it in there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. So that's my number three. Should I do my number two next? Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> okay. So my number two is another Netflix one. It's Roma. Okay. Is this on your list? No. But you did see it. I did. Okay. I. Okay, good. Another one we're going to need to have a little bit lengthier of a discussion on. I agree. <laughs> so I was kind of very prepared for you to not like this one, honestly. Well, and <laughs> that makes one of us because when we first talked about this, I feel like you gave me some false expectations, Aaron. Did I? You said I needed to make this a theater-like experience. And keep in mind, I didn't know jack about this movie. I was like, okay, I know it's black and white, and I, like, I've heard buzzings that it's pretty good. So I was like, I'm pretty prepared for this. So other movies, I was just like, eh, yeah, sure, I'll like catch a bird box or whatever. But this was one I was like, no, I need to make sure I'm in the right frame of mind because I've gotten these very specific instructions from Aaron. And Aaron, I'm not going to lie, I had to stop this movie twice to make sure I was watching the correct thing. Because I was like, is this? Is this the right thing? And I felt so bad. I was like, okay, no, I'll just keep going. So please describe to me why everyone seems to love this so much. I think, ah, okay. So, Roma, little backstory is, okay, so I the thing I've been telling people that immediately turns people off Number one, it's entirely in black and white, which no one really seems to want to watch a black and white movie. They're like, why isn't it in color? We have color. I don't know if that part bothered you at all. Um, uh, I mean, and we can get into this later, but I do like, did the black and white do anything for you? No, but like, I, I don't know. It, it didn't bother me. Like, I'm it okay with, me. It I'm just okay with like... that being a choice for the movie. I just don't understand why it was a choice. If it didn't really feel like it added anything for me, okay, okay. I don't no, know. I, like I, I want to, I want to know reasons why the director chose to do it in black and white mm-hmm. because I feel like he had a very specific reason. Um, but like I thought the cinematography was like beautiful, even for a black and white movie. Like I thought some of the shots were really cool. The other thing I tell people that immediately turns them off is this is entirely in Spanish. And a lot of people don't like watching movies that are entirely subtitled. I think it's harder to focus on, like, a movie when you're just reading the entire time. I don't know if you notice that detracting from your experience at all. But usually if no, I tell... I don't mind that. Sometimes if I tell if, people... 
it's a Spanish black and white movie. A lot of people are immediately out. Yeah, I don't I don't want to I want to go into movies with an open mind most of the time. And honestly, like Spanish doesn't really bother me. Subtitles don't bother me because sometimes if it's a movie or a TV show where everything is like quipping really quickly, sometimes I do just turn subtitles on because I'm just like this dialogue is so well written. Goodness, so well written that I don't want to miss anything. So no, that didn't really bother me. Hmm. Okay. So I, I think the coolest part for me is just knowing that this is really the director Alfonso Cuarón's like memories of growing up in Mexico City. Mm-hmm. The story mirrors basically what his life was like growing up. His parents split. They had this like maid servant, and he kind of tells his story through her eyes. And I don't know, it was just like, it was really powerful for me just seeing that intimate of a story. And I thought the way it was told was really cool. Um, I did see it in a theater. So I don't know if that changes anything. It sounds like your problem was really just that it wasn't a very engaging experience. Yeah, and I mean, I really did go out of my way to make sure it was going to be like as theater-like as possible. Like it was dark, I had the sound system bumping. Yeah, I mean, do you think like if you had just... Because uh, my thing is, I think if you had just watched this casually, you probably wouldn't have even finished it. Oh yeah, I definitely wouldn't. <laughs> so I think I was saying that just as a way to like get you through the movie, but I don't know. I I understand why it's not going to land for a lot of people. And... Like I, so this is definitely it's definitely like Roma and A Star Is Born in the talks for Best Picture at the Oscars, mm. and I think a lot of people, first of all, have not seen Roma, and I think a lot of people that do just watch it on Netflix are not going to think that it is a best. Like it's definitely the classical, like oh, Oscars awards these small movies that no one sees and no one likes. <laughs> so I don't know. I like I'm having a tough time actually verbalizing a reason. Why I really enjoyed it. I just think the experience of it was really powerful and personal for me. Yeah, and I don't think you're alone because I'm. I've gone out. This is one of the few movies I've gone out and tried to like see what reviews were for, and I felt that everything I like saw written or heard about in another podcast was kind of unsatisfying. It felt like people just had a hard time being able to say exactly what about the movie connected to them in a way. I mean, I guess it's like well made, but I didn't really feel like the cinematography was. I don't think it really did anything for me. I mean, it felt like the camera was on a tripod and just went in circles, panning left or right the entire time. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely a style choice, but I don't think it's. It didn't really have me engaged. It felt like we were definitely just peering in on this person's life, and she seemed like a very passive person, which definitely is the point. I understand that she's coming from a place of like servitude and such for this family it just didn't really work for me yeah yeah and like so the actress uh i'm not going to try to pronounce her name because i'll get it terribly wrong <laughs> um but she is like not an actress alfonso Coron kind of just found her in like a village in mexico and yeah i think that's i, I think that. that's i think that's noticeable and, like, I'm a little surprised she is, like, she was nominated for Best Actress at the Golden Globes. And I'm like, I don't know. I think that's a little too, like, jumping on the bandwagon. Like, we got to award this movie for absolutely everything. Because um, she did, like, at times just look like a person kind of just standing there. Mm-hmm. But, 
I, I mean, I, I think she was good for the scope of the movie that they were trying to make. I just don't think that she was like a very in character who like had like a lot going on. She just like it was a passive going through life. Again, understanding that's the point, but I feel like that's not necessarily like a breakthrough performance. I would say. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I feel like in this argument. You came out the victor. I don't feel like I definitely no, put out I, enough reasons to defend it. But no, that's the thing. People love this movie, man, and I I really want to understand. And I mean, I was listening to one podcast, and this this uh, uh, someone who I've been listening to for a while, and they were just saying that this is probably the best movie they've seen in like ten years. And it's that sort of praise. I'm just like, what am I missing? I mean, I felt like the whole um, uh, the you know the scene uh, where she's giving birth that was. That was intense, and I mean, I, I that was gripping and everything, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just found it kind of just, yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay, well, that's my number two movie. Man, what? I feel bad. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. We don't have to agree on everything. We can agree to disagree. Yeah. Especially because <laughs> my number two is... <laughs> It's so far away on the spectrum. I'm trying to think because I've got like one movie that I think is in your top two. I don't know what the other movie is. Yeah, I'm going to sound so stupid coming off of number two like this, but I don't care. My number two is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Okay, okay. DJ, that's my number one movie. Oh, okay. I don't feel as bad anymore. <laughs> I did put Into the Spider-Verse above Roma. <laughs> oh, man. What a great movie, DJ. I freaking love this movie. I think it's excellent. I like it's, it a lot. It's really good. It was... Uh, man, and I'm still like listening to the soundtrack regularly. Mm-hmm. It's a really fun movie. And it's one of those, I feel like we are both a little apprehensive. We were just like, there's been a bunch of Spider-Man movies out. We don't really know if Sony knows what the heck they're doing. But this movie is so solid. Yeah, and I know a lot of people that haven't seen it are still like, oh, I don't really watch animated movies. I don't care. I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. You know, animation is just a platform. You never know what you're going to get from it. Yeah. And they did so much in this movie that just clearly could not have been done, like, with live actors. And, it, like, it would have just been a CGI fest and looked terrible. Yeah, I. this was definitely the right choice to make an animated movie. Yeah, and we were just so confused, like, what is this Spider-Man movie coming out from Sony that's, like, not really connected to anything, but, mm -hmm. like, I'm really glad they did it, because I think it was really cool. Yeah, I agree, I agree. Well, I'm glad it was on your list. I never know how these things are gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> I have Roma at number two and don't have a Spider-Man movie. I don't think you know me, DJ. <laughs> oh, man. That being said... Andrew Garfield is oh still the best Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it had to be stated. Yes, just if there was sure an Andrew was Garfield movie in Q4 of 2018, it would probably be taken that number one spot. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. I know you love Andrew Garfield. Okay, so that was that was just your number two. So I have clearly completely overlooked a movie that is your number one movie. Uh, I mean, these were pretty much back at back for me and i think i changed it at the last minute just because i feel like i need to go to bat for this movie but 
My number one movie of Q4 2018 is Bad Times at the El Royale, or as Aaron likes to call it, B-Tater. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and now I feel bad because this was like the one that I bumped out of my number 10 spot. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And like, I did, I really had a good time watching this movie. As many bad times as there were, it was a pretty good time. Yeah, I feel like this movie actually scratched the itch of having kind of just like a bottle story where it just gave me an interesting plot, show me some interesting characters and performances. I think this is what I felt like I was wanting with things like um, um, uh, Hotel Artemis. Uh, last year, a movie called Free Fire came out. And both of those kind of just whiffed for me. But this really just scratched that itch. I think we got some great performances here. It still has one of my favorite scenes of 2018 so far it's it's a strange movie and i wasn't expecting it to work for me like this people might not have even heard of it which is fair but i really really like this movie yeah i just i i guess it kind of just came and went like if it feels like we saw this towards the beginning of q or of the beginning of q4 and i don't know i i think i should have had this on my list i feel bad now no, don't feel bad. Don't feel bad. It's it's a strange movie. I don't think people are... I don't think critics loved it or anything. And I can't exactly tell you why. But yeah, this movie is just... It's awesome. It, it's cool that it's a unique story. It's not having to build on anything else. It just really hit for me. And I knew as soon as I saw it, it was going to be towards the top of the list. But yeah, th- this is a strong recommend for me. Yeah, and I do, I do feel like it's an easy movie to recommend. Like, a lot of these movies, we have the comma, but, like, I don't know if you're going to like this because of these reasons. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can recommend Bad Times with El Royale to pretty much anyone. Yeah, I yeah, I just like this movie. <laughs> I think it's neat. That's good. That's good. I like that. Cool. Okay. So we have completed our top tens mm-hmm. with, I'm sure, many mistakes along the way. Yeah, you know. Uh, do we want to run through some that were not on either of our lists? I think we should, because we've seen so many movies, and I think it's important to be noted, uh, neither of us have seen If Bill Street Could Talk. I feel like there is a chance that could crest either of our lists, but it's just not within reach right now Yeah, for yeah. either of us, and like You're I said- You're definitely we, rolling this one out slow. Yeah, we just, we couldn't be uploading this into like- the middle of February or something. So sorry. Yeah. We'll probably talk about it later. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. We'll yeah. see. Apologies to Beale street. Um, or not apologies. Well, yeah, I guess it's more theaters. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know. And that's, that's their own, own fault. You got to think about the podcasters when you're releasing movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see things that were not on either of this fantastic beast two. The Crimes of Grindelwald. I really didn't like this movie. You definitely did not like this movie. I liked this movie. I couldn't justify putting it in my top ten. Uh, it's very convoluted. Definitely, I mean, there's going to be Harry Potter fans that this is like their number one movie just because they love Harry Potter. This is the movie more than any other that people have asked me my opinion about. And I feel bad because every time people have been like, man, I really liked it. And I was like, oh, God, there's a whole like episode of me just being like, this movie is trash. 
And I still stand by that, but I do feel bad for those Harry Potter fans who are just like, oh yeah, really liked it. And I mean, if that's your thing, that's cool, but yeah, I... Hmm. And we already talked about it in the episode, but we are both primed to love this. We had just re-gone through the Harry Potter series, so... Hmm. Yeah, I feel like I have yet to talk to someone that really enjoyed this movie that hasn't also been to the fantastic world of Harry Potter. Mm, which yeah. it's like okay <laughs> like, <laughs> like i think there's a certain class of harry potter fan where this movie works and i, I like it did work to me to a certain degree i just not enough for me to justify putting it in my top 10 yeah might be one of my least favorite of the year but we'll get to that <laughs> next episode <laughs> cool uh let's see what else was there Boy Erased was a movie we saw. I don't know. This movie didn't make me happy. It didn't make me feel too much. I didn't like it. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't great. Let's see. You have any other ones we saw? We just talked about Vice recently. Yeah. Nah. That's a miss for me, too. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Um, I'm surprised Widows didn't make your list. So, I that was another. It was really. It was Widows, the favorite. And Bad Times at the El Royale were the ones that were definitely on my list at some times. They moved off my list at other times. Mm-hmm. And I'm still not sure if I made the right decision with those. <laughs> because I I really did like Widows. Um, I know you had issues with it. I think those were completely well-founded. Um, I did, It did have some good performances in it. I like that they took a different angle with the heist genre. Yeah, I think my expectations were just too high because this trailer got me freaking hype. <laughs> but yeah, oh well. Yeah. Um, I've got a handful of Netflix movies that I saw that I don't know. They're kind of in like a subcategory. Some of these were just plain not good. Such as uh, Mowgli wasn't good, DJ. Oh no! I this is one of the ones I didn't see. It kept getting pushed further and further back on my Netflix queue. Yeah, and that's that's probably justified. There's not much there. Uh, it, it's based off like the actual book, right? Yeah, which I don't mm. know is, if that's a good thing. I don't know if there's a whole lot of like book loyalists with Jungle Book. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> um, and it really just stinks that like we just had the Disney jungle book come out because that one's just clearly like you're immediately going to compare the two and that one's clearly much better and i don't even love that movie (laughs) yeah but it's it's like better and i thought like so this one's andy circus's version so you would think like the motion capture and cgi is going to be really great it it just looks weird oh no like it looks really strange like there's there's elements of the actors like faces that you can like kind of tell like oh that's Benedict Cumberbatch playing that tiger. I can kind of see Benedict Cumberbatch. Okay. And it's just kind of, it kind of throws you for a loop. Uh, and, like, the movie story itself is just kind of, I don't know. It was definitely a movie where I kept checking the time to see how much was left. Oh. Oh, so, no. Yeah. Not great. Well, I, I feel like it ran into a lot of issues getting created and with the other Jungle Book coming out. I don't know if they like tried to go a different direction with it. I heard it was like a much darker, grittier Jungle Book. It's nobody bad. wants that. And it's not that dark and gritty. 
I mean, like, knife fights the tiger at the end. But Oh. I don't know. There's definitely Thank no God this didn't come out in theaters. Can yeah. you imagine? Yeah, this one would this one would have <laughs> bombed for sure. Yeah. Uh let's see. We haven't discussed Bird Box. I think you yeah, saw this one. I did. There was a lot of hype around how many people watched Bird Box and the memes coming out of Bird Box and the Bird Box challenge. I do not understand. This movie did not do it for me. Yeah, this movie isn't great. I honestly think this might sound a little bit like a conspiracy. I think it's one of those things Netflix like pushes out some of these memes to like kind of make the conversation be more around people just watching it. Because I am sure a ton of people did watch this, and I'm sure a ton of them watched because of the memes. This movie isn't great. Yeah, like it's not bad. It's just like of this genre, it's definitely not a standout. Yeah, I feel like the easy comparison is A Quiet Place, and this is leagues worse than A Quiet Place. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't have much to say about it. It was fun to watch, <laughs> just to understand all the context, so I'm kind of falling into that meme stuff, but yeah, it yeah. wasn't great. Hmm. Not my favorite. Um, Do we want to go into Bandersnatch? I mean, I've got like three sentences to say about Bandersnatch. Okay. What are your three um, sentences? I mean, I was pretty excited about this. The whole prospect of Black Mirror doing like a choose your own adventure is cool. I feel like all of us have thought about those things, seeing Black Mirror episodes being like, what would I do in this scenario? And just these kind of out of body experiences. How would you put yourself in this sort of thing? But quickly, I figured out that <laughs> the choices and stuff, like this is just a gimmick. And as soon as I caught on to that i was like okay well i don't care about this i got one ending and it was like okay well i honestly don't feel like going and playing anymore so i quit okay <laughs> i mean i i'm not in complete disagreement with you i think my expectations were probably higher than they should have been mm. and i mean it's black mirror that's a good yeah, brand and it's not great but like i think for a choose your own adventure black mirror movie i don't know what more they could have done with it really I guess I you might be right, which is why it just feels so gimmicky to me. Like, yeah, I just like, that I, would be a cool idea. But I think then there the was whole, no like nothing else to go with. The whole Netflix choose your own adventure thing is just a gimmick overall. True. So, I mean, I guess and like Black Mirror, of course, is going to be like super self referential and like be like, oh, you're the one making these choices. Like, how about you think about that for a while? Yeah. Um, I am curious, which ending did you get? Oh boy, let me think. Okay, so I immediately chose like the wrong choice in the very yeah, beginning. Yeah, everyone does. He's supposed to do the job. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's misleading because you see the actor's face and he's so excited. I was like, of course he wants to do that. Then yeah, just and, like, well, and choice, then, bub. and then, yeah, well, he comes by and he's like, wrong choice. Yeah. I was like, okay. But uh, my final ending was uh, he found out someone named, or like Netflix or someone watching Netflix was like, watching him so he ends up like fighting his therapist and his mom and i didn't care anymore after that i was like okay that's kind of stupid and then i i knew there were more endings i just didn't care to figure them out but how about you yeah so i i actually did this with my parents and my brother over christmas break oh my which was pretty risky but i think they kind of like like we all kind of like made the like we were yelling out what the decision was like as and oh, like the okay. times like counting down so that was kind of fun yeah and yeah we actually somehow made it to what 
like reading through internet stuff was the best ending. Oh. Where it kind of like resolves the whole thing and like ties a bow on it as much as you could. Of mm-hmm. he like kind of goes back in time and like fixes the whole bunny rabbit thing and like gets on the train and him and his mom both die on the train. That's so cool that you like went through like a choice by committee sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that helped my experience, but like I've talked to a lot of people that did not enjoy doing it. And I think it does depend on what ending you got to. Some people try to go and get all the endings, which I can't imagine. That would be so frustrating and not rewarding at all. Yeah. They put some like super deep Easter eggs in here. So I mean I I see them trying, and I guess I kinda respect that. But I I see what you're saying of like it just didn't really Yeah, I, I would have been fine without this and then just putting more resources towards the next season. <laughs> yeah, which I think they're doing. Yeah. Bandersnatch, let's see. You got anything else on your list of things you've seen? No, I think that is all of the 19 movies i have seen okay i also saw outlaw king the kindergarten teacher and private life which are all netflix movies but we don't have to talk about those that's a lot of movies man yeah and they're definitely nowhere near like top 10 categories so i'm impressed you were able to watch so many when we're also doing net or not netflix uh marvel stuff right now yeah man got a full schedule yeah well done okay well I don't know. I am, as expected, pretty unsatisfied with how my list turned out. But we will see. Time goes on. Yeah, we can't dwell on this. This is how we feel, sort of, in the moment. Things are going to change. We've made mistakes on our list before, folks. (laughs) Yep. That's okay. Yep. Okay, so do you want to run through our top tens real quick, and then we can talk about what's next? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, You want to go first? Yeah, okay, starting with my number one, Into the Spider-Verse, number two, Roma, number three, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, number four, Aquaman, number five, First Man, number six, They Shall Not Grow Old, number seven, Venom, number eight, A Star is Born, number nine, Green Book, and number ten, Bohemian Rhapsody. Good stuff. I really do like that just Golden Globes corner at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Gotta I don't know why I did that. Okay, uh, my number one, Bad Times of the El Royale, also known as B-Tater. B-tater. Number two, Into the Spider-Verse. Number three, Green Book. Number four, Aquaman. Number five, Venom. Number six, The Favorite. Number seven, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Number eight, Beautiful Boy. Number nine, Bohemian Rhapsody. And number ten, Creed Two. Nice. I already okay. see things I could change. <laughs> no, you can't change it. It's set in stone forever. We're not re-recording this episode. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Yeah, so that's our top 10 for Q4 of 2018. I believe the next episode we're going to do is going to be our... I don't know. Have we come up with a name for it? It's our Mainly Movies Awards of 2018. I don't think we have come up with a name, but yeah, we should. So... Listeners, you've heard us complain about how the Golden Globes likes to categorize things, and to some point how, you know, the Oscars categorize their things. So, to fix that, Aaron and I have made our own categories for movies we have seen this year. Yeah, so, so we're going to do That's still under work, more... right? <laughs> yeah, I am not done with it at all. I'm not uh, either, okay. <laughs> so, we've got a couple top ten lists, we've got a couple, like, 
award categories to like give out for I don't know if we'll do acting performances or we've got some different things but we're just going to kind of talk about the movies that stood out in 2018 most of them being good movies I think we want to acknowledge some of the movies that were really bad also so yes definitely you can't run (laughs) oh man yeah so that's going to be our next episode still kind of working on it um but definitely if you have opinions on movies that you would like us to know about and incorporate into our next episode, you can let us know about those at our email address, which is mainlymoviespod at gmail.com. We've got a Facebook page, which I am still promising that I will update at some point. Maybe today, maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> um, That's the fun. <laughs> but you can leave stuff there. Uh, you can leave an iTunes review. Uh, five stars is the best number of stars. What else, DJ? Uh, I think that's about it. So, yeah, we'll be back soon. I don't know if we have a recording date, but, yeah, we're going to be going over our awards as well as our top 10 of 2018, right? Yes. Okay, so we're all about the list this time around, which yes. I think is is the norm. <laughs> yep, but the stakes are even higher this time, DJ. Are they? Yes. I can't put that pressure on myself. Yes, they are. <laughs> they absolutely are.